0: Well, hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Today's message comes as a part two of last week's message, which was entitled, A Dangerous Message. If you haven't heard that, make sure you go to our website and check it out. It's at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. If you already have the Kingdom Rock app, well, you know, the message is right there. And we thank you so much for installing the free Kingdom Rock app. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, You Don't Know My Story, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Uh, Luke, Luke, the seventh chapter, Luke seven, Luke seven. And uh, we're going to... Start at, uh, I believe, verse 35. 36, rather. We're in the, as you know, we're in the series entitled, rather, we're in the season, the season of moving forward. And the current series that we're involved in is entitled, What's Holding You Back? And we started on something on last week entitled, A Dangerous Message. And the dangerous message continues to flow out of me, uh, today as I was thinking, seeking the Lord as to what he would have me to say before you this morning, as to what is on his heart, what is on his mind. And, um, this, go ahead, Tori, you can turn to the next slide, please. This is really what we're going to be speaking about today. You don't know my story. You don't know my story. And that's really going to mean something to you before we're done today. So if you would, let's pray. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. I want to welcome our online community, Creek Kingdom Rock. Let's greet our online community by saying "Praise praise the Lord. So glad to see you and so glad that you took time out of your schedule to join us today in today's service. We know that you will also be blessed. All right. So are we ready? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus name. Mm, uh, For your blessings in our lives today We just acknowledge the presence of your Holy Spirit We acknowledge you, O God, and we are desperate for you Desperate to hear a word from you Lord, you said that man should not live by bread alone But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God And Father, we pray today that we will hear a proceeding word from you We've come to hear a proceeding word You know what everyone needs to hear from the oldest to the youngest, you, Lord, you know what everyone needs to hear. And Lord, we just we are here at your foot, at your at your feet, just like Mary, uh, waiting to hear every word that drops from your lips. Speak to us today. Speak to us today, Lord. I acknowledge my weaknesses in the matter. I don't know, but you do. And Lord, we pray that you would use uh, use us all. Speak to us. Let your message come clear. And Lord, we do take authority over any demonic power, over anything, anything that would hinder your word from coming forth today. Lord, we thank you uh, that today we'll have great victory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, uh, the book of Luke, Luke 7, Luke the 7th chapter, Luke 7. And we're going to start reading at verse number 36. Luke 7, verse number 36 And we'll read for a little while, um, actually down to verse number 50, possibly. And uh, then we'll go back and and talk about it. Amen. Amen. Y'all with me today? Praise Jesus. You're with me today. Saints, you're praying today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't hear it. Hallelujah? Hallelujah. All right. All right. All right. Verse 36 says this. Um. This is Luke seven verse thirty six, and uh, we're reading on the King James version. It says this: And one of the Pharisees uh, desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in in the city, which was a sinner, uh, when he knew that Jesus, rather when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him. Uh, rather stood his feet behind him doing what weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bid him saw it he spake within himself saying this man if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner, and Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to uh, to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a credit, there was a certain creditor which had two uh, debtors. The one owed five hundred pence, and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will uh, love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he uh, to whom he forgave most, he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged verse 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house and uh, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou thou givest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, have not ceased to kiss my feet, my head uh, with with oil, thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven... The same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sin also? Verse 50. And he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Again, we'll be speaking from the subject today of, You don't know my. Story. What a wonderful picture, and you'll see this. What a wonderful prophetic picture of the end time church, or what a wonderful prophetic picture of the end time revival that is about to sweep across this nation, sweep across this world. And if you would see this and detect this by the spirit, God will clue you in on something that is about to come and something that is actually already started. Here's a prophetic picture right here. You don't need Channel five news. You got it right here on KR news. This is exactly what is happening at this moment. There is a movement that God has already started already started. It's already taking place and you see a picture of it right here in Luke the second chapter. So let's go back for a moment and let me show you a few things here as we'll talk just briefly again from the subject of you don't know my story. Look at verse 36. I want you to see the atmosphere before we get into this. Verse 36 says, and one of the, one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him and he went into the Pharisees' house and sat down to meet. Now, you, we already know that uh, Jesus was invited, but understand something. He was an invited, unwelcomed guest. He was invited, but he was not honored. They asked him to come there, that they would trick him, that they could expose him, that they could find something to accuse him. This was not a pleasant gathering. As a matter of fact, Jesus testified of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes on several occasions. Uh, He noted that that they were people who knew of God, but they didn't know God. There's a difference. They knew of God, but they didn't know God. Uh, they would pray and they, and they would give in order to be seen of people. The Lord said in Matthew 15, verse number eight, he said, this people draw to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Yeah, far from me. In Matthew 23, verse 27, the Lord said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye are like uh, like un, unto white uh, sepulchers, which appear beautiful outwardly, but inwardly are full of dead men's bones. This is an indictment against this type of generation. And the Bible also picks it up there in Second Timothy, the third chapter. Uh, I love the way it says our New Living Translation. It says, They will act religious. In the last days, they will there'll will be some that will have a form. They'll act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. The counsel of God is to stay away from people like that. They'll act religious. They'll act godly. They'll act like they're saved. But there is no power therein. It's like a mannequin in the store. Oh, they look fine. They, they have the right shape. They're wearing the right clothes. But if you go up and talk to them, they got nothing to say. They are just as cold as ice and unfeeling as ice. They look the part, but they cannot commune with you. Are you hearing? So what you need to understand that here again, this is a snapshot of the end times. The Pharisees here represents the false church. A full representation of the false church. But understand something here when they invited Jesus or when this Pharisee invited Jesus into his house, Jesus knew what he was getting into. But at the same time, Jesus could say, I'm not intimidated by you. Yes, you want me to invite me in? I know what I know. Nest of Vipers I'm walking into, but you don't make me you're not making me scared. I'm not scared. I know you and I know who I am. So, yes, I'll come into your house and I will sit down. And so there he is now sitting down and reclining in this in this nest of vipers. And someone comes in. An unwelcomed worshiper comes in the house in this environment that attacks and accuses the Savior in this environment. Look at verse number 37. It says, and behold, a woman in the city. The word in can also be translated of a woman of that city or a woman from that city. A woman in that city. Which was a sinner. Now the word sinner here means really a notorious sinner. A social outcast. One that was devoted to sin. One that had a sinful lifestyle. A woman of that city. Now the Pharisees also lived in that city. So he was well aware of what type of woman this was. He was aware. Of what type of woman she was. And we'll also see his attitude toward her shortly. The Bible says that. And, and behold a woman who in the city. Which was a sinner. Notorious sinner. Social outcast. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisees house. Brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now we could run right over that. And miss something very crucial that is happening there. The Bible says again that when she knew that Jesus was in the house, when she knew it, when she had discerned it, when she understood it, when she was sure that Jesus was there, she went back and she grabbed expensive oil, expensive perfume. She went back and grabbed something that was valuable to her to bring to him. She wanted to honor him. The oil is a symbol of honoring. I want to honor you. So she brought that with full intention of getting close enough to Jesus to pour this on him. She knew that if I can just get to him, where was he? In the midst of vipers. This was not a very friendly place to a person like that. Do you understand? So understand something. When she knew that he was there, she came and she stood behind him, the Bible says, weeping and, and began to, um, wash his feet with her hair and, and wipe them, uh, with her, rather began to wash his feet with her tears and, and wipe them, uh, with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them right there in the presence of the, of those, of that false religious community. Here again, these are those that say, I know God, but they did not know him. Amen. They are; These are those that have given their lives in service. They read their quote unquote scripture. They studied the scripture, but they didn't know the God of the scripture. They didn't know the God of the Bible. If they had known him, then when they saw Jesus, they would have recognized him. But they were not in this for the for God's approval. They were in this for the fame or they were in it for the approval of people, for the applause of people, in it for the wrong reasons altogether. And the Lord's visit there exposed them, exposed who they were. Now, here's the point we really want to get to today. And I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for the atmosphere that makes preaching and teaching easy. Father, I thank you for the wonderful anointing that is in this place. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, that a spirit of slumber, a spirit of weariness, Lord God, is cast out of this place in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your wonderful presence, for your wonderful presence all about this room, all in this pulpit area. Lord God, I thank you that you're here with me, that you hold my hand. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In verse number 39, it says, Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, Here's the reaction of the religious community. When the Pharisee, which had bidden him or invited him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, this man. Now he's talking about Jesus. He is beginning to assault Jesus inwardly, beginning to accuse Jesus inwardly. Now here's a big fight, a big smackdown that's about to occur. He begins to assault Jesus. This man, if he were a prophet, if he were a prophet. Now, if you look back at verse number 16, We'll see where this word prophet comes up in this very same chapter, because in verse 16, you'll see there how there was a funeral procession and people going by. And the Lord seeing the mother of the deceased um, uh, walking and she's crying and uh, and her only son was dead in the casket in the middle of the funeral procession. And she was weeping and, and she was also a widow. Jesus stops the funeral procession and he tells the tells young man, rise, young man, rise from that place and, and he, he's raised from the dead right there in the funeral procession. And so he picks the young man up and he gives him back to his mother and, and the Lord's fame grows about and the people say this in verse number 16 and they say, and there came a fear on all and they glorify God saying, a great prophet is risen among us. A great prophet is risen among us. This is what they say. A great prophet is risen among us and that God have visited his people. So this word of Jesus being a prophet was just recently spoken. And so the Pharisee said, if this man were a prophet, if he were a messenger from God, if he were one that will hear, hear from God, one that is moved by the spirit of God, if he were of God, he would know what type of woman this was that touches him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Notice he said he would know, uh, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him for she is a sinner. Now I want you to, to notice the heart of this false church as it relates to as it relates to the sinner and I want you to make sure that this heart does not belong in you. That nothing of this is in you. So as I describe this false heart, you have to make sure that this is not in you. Because if this is in you, then you set yourselves at odds against God. Hear this false heart. So what the Pharisee is saying here from his point of view if Jesus were, if Jesus was a prophet, if he was a, a holy man of God, if he was a preacher, if he was a teacher, if he was saved, so to speak, or, if, or for that matter, if, if, uh, if this person, if Jesus really was uh, one that attends church regularly, then he would know what type of person this was. Are you, saying, are you hearing? In other words, he was saying, uh, if Jesus was of God then if he's a representative of God, then he should take God's mind. He should be like God in this manner. And what they think is this. They think that at the very least, uh, he wouldn't allow her to touch him. Are you hearing? Yeah. As if to say God won't allow the sinner to touch him or to be touched by them. I want you to catch this flow here. Because this is the mindset of many today in the halls of our churches. So at the least, if he were a man of God, if he were a representative of God, he would not allow that sinner to touch him. Or he would not have allowed himself to be touched by her. To be touched by her condition. To be touched by her. There should be distance If there is sin, there should be distance. You stay over there and God stays over here. The Pharisee said in short, if he was of God, then he would not allow her to interact with him. Can you see the heart? I want you to see this false heart. In other words, he was saying if he was of God, don't don't attempt, um, you know, uh, don't let her touch him or uh, or don't attempt to understand her because we can be touched by the feelings of their infirmities. We can be touched by what they're going through. In other words, don't allow yourself to get into what they're into. Don't allow yourself to, to feel their struggle. But let me tell you, you may see them outwardly, but you don't know the story behind them you may see that she goes from man to man but you don't see how she was raped at an early age and how she's just trying to find love you may see that he's a drug addict that, that he keeps going from drugs to drug but you don't see the pain that's behind him you don't know his full story as to why he ended up in that condition but God does see the story he looks past the outward condition and he sees the soul that's resident on the inside that soul that is crying out to be saved so never judge the outward condition here again religion would tell you stay away from it don't be touched by it have nothing to do with it but let me tell you if that would that were true then none of us would be saved none of us would be saved they were saying don't eat with them don't befriend them In short, have nothing to do with them, have nothing to do with them because of their financial condition or because of the way they live or because of how they dress or because of how they act or because of how uh, uh, they look, their personality, stay away from them. In other words, until they come up to your moral standard, have nothing to do with them. This is the heart and mind of the Pharisee, and this is what they projected on God. But this was not the heart of God. For how could they come to light if light runs away from the darkness? Amen. Are you hearing? Yes. And so here's Jesus. He is confronting this. And this lady, I mean, this is a very wonderful picture of those that are trying to enter into the church, trying to get there. But there is something that they have to press through something they have to press through in order to get to Jesus they have to press through all the accusations they have to press through uh, people talking about them they pressing through the scandals and the criticisms people talking down to them that the press through being misunderstood dirty looks and nasty attitudes what if a man comes into the church wearing a dress what if a woman comes into the church looking very much manly What if someone comes into the church smelling like alcohol? Can we look past the outward and embrace the soul that's on the inside? Because in just a little while, God will bring a full nation of people in that don't look like you. They don't look like you. And we must embrace them where they are, knowing that Jesus will handle the sin from with inside of them you can't judge them because you don't know where they are in their journey with God you don't know what it took for them to get through the doors and into the seat and then they get in the seat and what happens their dirty and nasty looks coming from all around the room And it took them a hard, a long time to get to the place, to get to the church in the first place. It was a battle because they say they're going to reject me. They're going to reject me. But if the ones that have the answer reject them, then how can they ever find the answer? If the ones that have the light reject those that are in darkness, then how can they ever have it? So there's going to be, in this great end time move, hear this, we're going to have to love them right where they are. Give them the gospel without compromise and allow God to work in them. Give God time to work in them. What if he comes into the church wearing a dress and he's been wearing that same dress or something like that for over six months and he still comes in? Well, honey, he's faithful to come. Hallelujah. He's faithful to sit under the word. Let God change him. Let God work on him. You're going to have to resist the urge to be like God and cast judgment before God does. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. These are those that are coming. These are those that are coming and you don't I don't want you to be shocked. I don't want you to be shocked when you see the, the, the nose rings connecting to the ear ring and the earring connecting to the armpit and the armpit connecting to the <laughs> neck bone and the neck bone connecting to I don't want you to be shocked when you see tattoos so much that you can't even see their face. Don't be shocked Because they've been out in a lifestyle away from God. But now they're hearing the clarion, the call of God saying, it's time to come home. It's time to come to me. It's time to come to me. And so they're grabbing their alabaster box. And they're coming to Jesus. They're coming to him. They're coming. They're pressing their way in. But they've got to get through all the confusion all the confusion and you need to know that when they get to the door when they're in the parking lot if they stay in their car for a while it may not be because they're because they're wondering or fixing their makeup or what have you maybe because they're trying to battle should I go in or should I go back home should I go in or should I go back home should I go in is God going to receive me is Jesus going to receive me is the people are the people going to receive me what do I do what do I do what do I do so when they come in the door we just say we love you in Jesus name come on and sit by me come on and sit right here by me let's worship the Lord together hallelujah because the closer you get to the fire the fire burns off all the impurities and God is a consuming fire let God do the work you can't change them let God do the work but you have to allow the spirit of God a chance hallelujah You don't know where they are on their journey. You have no clue where they are on their journey. All you see is the outward. Don't be moved by it. If a same sex, same sex couple comes in, greet them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on y'all and sit by me. Hallelujah. Sit right here by the fire. Hallelujah. Sit by me. Let God work on them. Let God work on them. Let God deal with them. Hallelujah. You just keep on loving them like Jesus. Are you hearing? Because if you reject them, where are they going to go? Are you hearing? So they've got to get through all these demonic words that are being that they're hearing. All the demonic words of, of fear of, of hearing. Get out. You're not like us. What are you doing here? You're not welcome here. Go back to your own kind. We don't want your type in here. All these words, many of them have heard before in today's modern day Church. But I won't be a part of anyone being condemned because I haven't shared with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, they said Jesus was a friend of the sinner. He ate with them, he drank with them, he socialized with them, but he did not compromise who he was. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. And so we see here we're almost done. We see here in verse number 40 and Jesus answered him and said, uh, "Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee." And and the Lord begins to talk about forgiveness. He begins to talk about forgiveness. When he sees the woman, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is about forgiveness as it relates to the woman. He sees her condition. He sees the deep sorrow that has come from her tears he sees her ability to serve him in foot washing There, foot washing talks about service humility he sees her act of repentance now notice in this whole in this whole uh, case uh, that she did not say a word not one word came out of her mouth but her actions spoke volumes Where she was, her very presence there said, Lord, I believe. And she had to press her way through to get connected with Jesus. What did she believe? I believe that she believed that Jesus could forgive her of her sins as he he had done uh, many times before. She believed that the Lord could forgive her sins, that that he could heal her, that, that he could deliver her. And the question would be, why, in fact, did she come? She came for healing. She came for deliverance. But maybe again, as uh, the Bible declares in Luke, same book of Luke, Luke five verse twenty-four, as it says, "But they, uh, but they that may know, rather, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins." He said to the, the man that was sick of the palsy, uh, take up your couch and go home, go to your house. And the man that was sick of the palsy, that was paralyzed, got up and, and took his took his bed home. The Lord healed that man so that it would be noised abroad that he had power to forgive sins. And maybe she came, maybe what helped her faith uh, was in fact, was the reason that um, the Lord called a man named Levi, who was a publican, he told Levi to come and be one of his disciples. And and later on, Levi would be known, some of you know, as Matthew. Jesus was known to eat and drink with sinners or maybe uh, she came or what fueled her faith was the fact that he uh wrought miracles and and healed people and and he cast out multitudes of devils out of people giving them deliverance but what I think the main thing that really sparked her heart was also there in Luke Luke 4 verse 18 where the Lord makes a public statement in the temple and he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted." To preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And he said in verse 21, this day is a scripture fulfilled in your ears. This verse of scripture forever marks Jesus as being the Messiah, the savior of the world. So she knew where her answer was. She knew that Jesus had the power, that he had the ability, and that he was authorized by heaven to forgive her sins. But the question was, was she going to go through that nest of vipers to get to him? And this is what they are facing. So when you invite many to church, many of many that are quote unquote sinners to church, one of the things that they are facing is will they be received or will they be rejected? If they know who I am, if they know what I've done, will they receive me or will they reject me? Just as this woman was accepted in the Lord's presence and received forgiveness, so are they to be accepted and receive forgiveness in the house of God today. I pray receive the word of God. We'll stop right there. Give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. We, give you, we give you praise, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that your church will have your heart. I pray that your church will have your heart. Your church will have your heart. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m.